What if you had a guide who could tell you how to bridge a gap between who you are today and who you're destined to be? What if each week you could hear a story of someone who has tried and succeeded, or perhaps tried and failed, but learned something in the process? Limitless Spirit is a weekly podcast where host Helen Todd interviews guests about topics and personal stories on defining life's purpose, pursuing personal growth, and developing a deeper faith in Christ. But when you have hope in God, it doesn't mean that you won't be tried. It doesn't mean that you won't have moments of fear. But as that scripture in Hebrews says, we have an anchor of the soul that keeps us in the midst of anything that we're facing and that we're going through. My wife, Patty, went through breast cancer and I had this man come up to me one time, came up and he says, where's your God now? You've been telling everybody that he heals. You tell people that he's with you, that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Where is he now? And I remember replying and looking at him without even a moment's hesitation. I said, he's never been closer to me. Welcome to this episode of the Limitless Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Todd. What is your anchor in life? What do you hold on to when the waters get rough, when the circumstances spin beyond your control? Hebrews 6.19 teaches us that through Christ, we have a hope that is like an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. This anchor is what keeps us steady in both peaceful waters and troubled waters. But how does it actually work? In this episode, we continue our Hope Rising series, and I'm joined by Marty McDonald, the senior pastor of the City Church in Batavia, New York. So we talk about this kind of hope and how it works in our lives, sometimes in unexpected ways, and how he has been able to hold on to it even in the toughest seasons. Good morning, Marty. Welcome to the Limitless Spirit Podcast. How are you today? I'm great, Helen. How are you? So good to see you. Always good to be with you and to hang out with you. Well, I uh, look forward to talking to you uh, today uh, in just uh, less than, well, in a little over a month. We are going to see each other in person, actually, not just on the screen and uh, you will be speaking at our Greater Purpose Conference. And I absolutely love the theme that we have this year, Hope Rising, uh, because uh, first of all, there is a tremendous sense of hope um, that I sense right now um, in the Great Commission all across the world. Uh, Our year started with some really fantastic results uh, in the nations where God sent uh, sent us. Uh, I'm looking, watching with excitement uh, what's happening in uh, at the uh, Asbury University in Kentucky and this move of God that started with a small group of students worshiping and, and it's still going strong. I think this is uh, so exciting. I see the Christian community really watching and pondering and uh, I'm super excited about that. But I think also why this subject is so cool 
because that's what sets Christianity apart from any other religion in the world. It's the good news of hope. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. What are your thoughts on what's happening? I, I think it's amazing. Um, a good friend of mine, the former president of Elam Bible College, Mike Cavanaugh, made some incredible observations of that, that this has happened in a place and he made some of the um, he made reference to some of the larger churches and congregations, and he didn't say it in a negative way. But he said, in this sanctuary at Asbury, there is no well-known guest speaker, there is no well-known musical band, there are no expensive lights or smoke machines. And not that there's anything wrong with any of that. We all love, we love that. We like that. But that God will show up where there's hungry people. And you and I have been around long enough to know that these, these occurrences, you and I have been in places, not to the degree that we're seeing happen at Asbury, but with small groups of people, that God has poured out his spirit, has done powerful things in those in those groups of people so where there's a hunger for god he always shows up he always shows up all the other things are just add-ons and again they're not bad at all but they don't bring that like hunger for him hunger for his presence and hope in god you know, the scripture proverbs 13 12 i was trying to think of it Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but hope gained makes the heart well. So there's nothing more that makes a healthy people, whether save people or even in a culture that doesn't know the Lord, nothing makes them more healthy than real hope does. And I, I'm just so grateful for what God is doing there. But I, you know, we see it, we've seen it. We've seen small things you and I have together when we've been away on, on missions trips. We've seen them at your conferences before. We've seen an incredible outpouring of God in these conferences. And so I'm excited for the conference. I'm excited for what God is doing at Asbury. I'm excited for what God is doing at City Church and many churches around the nation. And uh, I, I just look for more more great things from him. And I would just want to keep my heart open. I want to keep my heart available. I want to keep my heart. I don't want to put them in a box. I don't want to think, okay, if we do this, 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 and this, then God will do this. Hunger, seeking after him is what brings that presence. I really believe that with all of my heart. Amen. I, I sure hope for uh, a similar experience at our conference. And, uh, you know, in, in preparation for this, this is why uh, we're doing the series Hope Rising on the podcast. Um, I want to answer some questions people have about hope. And uh, today I want to like, highlight this verse in Hebrews 6.19 that says, we have this hope as sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters 
the inner shrine behind the curtain, and that's Hebrews 6.19. And, you know, the part that says a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, to me, implies that it's not that we just have. It's something that we develop. It's not, you know, a gift that is given to you, uh, which the foundation of our hope is the gift um, of Jesus in our lives. It's it's uh, his resurrection, his death and resurrection, his victory over death and, and the, the eternal life that he promises us through him. But the hope being a steadfast anchor is our part. So there are like two parts to that faith. There is the reality that is yet to come, but then for the hope to be the anchor of your soul, this is our job. What do you think? I've been in ministry a few years now, and I've had moments where I felt hopelessness try to come across me. But that scripture that you just quoted, we have this hope as an anchor of the soul. When you think of an anchor, you think of an anchor that holds a ship steady. We wouldn't need an anchor if we never encountered rough waters, if we never encountered challenging situations. But because we have this anchor, even if we're feeling hopelessness, even if we're feeling lack, even if we're feeling brokenness, the Bible says, and that's why it's so important to have the word of God, because it is our anchor and it pulls us back to that place where we know we have an anchor of the soul. He's real. He's true. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. I've got a couple of scriptures, Isaiah 49, 23. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will never be disappointed. I love that. You may be hurt. You may be going through a challenging time. But there's hope at the end of the day. Here's another one, Lamentations 325. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. So our whole life, our walk with God, we have to have hope in him. Here's another great scripture, Psalm 147, 11. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. This is just so important to me and into my life because, you know, um, live life long enough. I was just having this conversation with a young pastor this morning that he just told me, he said, this really hurt me, this crushed me, this, you know, took the wind out of him. And I told him, I said, that there's something about when you become even more sensitive to God you become more sensitive in life and things can, they can affect you more than maybe you anticipated they would. But when you have hope in God, it doesn't mean that you won't be tried. It doesn't mean that you won't have moments of fear. But as that scripture in Hebrews says, we have an anchor of the soul that keeps us in the midst of anything that we're facing and that we're going through. You know, you and I talked just briefly before, you know, we started about the time when 
my wife Patty went through the, the uh, breast cancer, and I'll never forget when that happened. And she called me, and you know, finally when we came home at night, got together, we wept, and then we took a big breath and she said, "Okay, we gotta gotta move on to that." Being pastors of the church. We wanted to let people know what we were facing, what we were going through. And I had this man come up to me one time, a couple different instances. This one individual came up and he says, where's your God now? I thought you, you, you've you been telling everybody that he heals. You tell people that he's with you, that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Where is he now? And I remember replying and looking at him without even a moment's hesitation I said, he's never been closer to me. He's never been closer to us, to what we've just been talking about. The waters may be raging. Life may be challenging. It may be difficult. But we have an anchor in our soul. And his name is Jesus. And he wraps our life with this hope that without it, we would be lost. But with it, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So let's break this down. You know, when you're going through a challenge, you know, and, and as a Christian, I can't even imagine uh, how people go through crisis without having the scriptures, the promises, their faith to lean on. But uh, let's say, you know, you are a Christian, you know, you know, the foundations of your faith, you know, that for a Christian after death, there is an eternal life. So that's all good. But let's just take your situation, you know, your wife that you love so dearly uh, is diagnosed with the sickness that can potentially take her life. Uh, So, and, you know, we know that Jesus heals. He is the great physician, but sometimes he doesn't, you know, and, and he's sovereign. His will is sovereign. So what were some of the practical things that helped you make your hope this anchor or make it make it like an anchor, make it unwavering? Yeah, I wish I could sit here and tell you that, man, we handled this. You know, I did one through five and everything was just easy and perfect. We did have our moments. I have another scripture for you, Psalm or Isaiah 40, verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord, he will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. In uh, those moments where I remember the first time when she was going to get the chemotherapy and Gosh, it was just, it was so hard. She'd gone through the operation and and we're in this, you know, this big room, there's doctors, there's other people. And the nurses came over and they said, well, okay, are you ready? And here they had these bags and this needle, you know, they're going to put this poison in this woman's body that, you know, at the time I was married to for 37 years. And my wife looks at me and she smiles and she says, yeah. And I looked at her and I fell apart. I mean, I begin to weep. And all of a sudden these three other nurses came up to me 
one on each arm. They're whole, and I wasn't going to fall down. I'm just weeping. I mean, I am. I fell apart. One took one arm. The other took their, their. You know, they got my hands. They're, you know, Mr. McDonald. And this other nurse came to me and she says, "Would you like us to get you a sedative to help you?" And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, and I looked at my wife, and she looked at me, and she had a big smile. And then I had a big smile. I could cry because of the joy right now that it brought to me. And I, and we begin to laugh. Here she's going to get the poison. I use that word. I mean, it did help bring healing to her body, but it, it put her through some real pain. She's going to get it. And I'm the one here. And I'm crying. I'm hurting. And then we looked at one another and we just begin, you know, to laugh about it. Laugh not because it wasn't important. Laugh because there was a love there that even though it wasn't happening personally to me, I love her that much that it was breaking my heart. I wonder that when we go through things, how God is feeling. He sent Jesus to die for us, to give his life for us, to, to face a pain that we couldn't face on our own. Just wonder sometimes how that all coordinated together and how I was feeling. And maybe that was a picture, something that Jesus, he was trying to help me to understand at that time. But in the middle of all of those things, we, we felt the power and the presence of God like we had never experienced together before in our lives. And I'll never forget it. And so some of the things that helped us through it, the Word of God, worship, prayer, people, the right people in our lives to speak encouragement and life. That, that's why the conference is so important. That's why it's so important for people that are listening right now that if they haven't even thought about coming to it, that they need to come because it will infuse hope in their lives to help them get through people, help to some people that I never anticipated would speak into our lives, that I didn't even know before that time would have profound influence in our lives, came to us and helped us. And I pray at the conference that that'll happen with some people that maybe they're feeling hopeless. Maybe they're in a place in their life right now where they just feel like I haven't done what I wanted to do. I, you know, what am I what am I doing in life? Maybe coming, God will answer some of those questions right in the middle of their experience in, in attending that. I don't know if that answered your question, but it sure brought up some emotion to me when I begin to remember that and tell you about that. I absolutely loved what you said because, you know, I, I think there is maybe a tendency lately to approach Christianity, the Bible, like another self-help book, you know, okay, I'm just going to read. And if I do this, this, and this, then I will get this, this, and this result. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, there are certain solid principles in the scripture that if you apply to your life, you will get a very solid result. But it's also so much more. You know, what I heard 
you saying um, as you were sharing this moment, and thank you for being willing to be real and, and raw about it. But what I heard was that through every moment, you know, even in the most difficult, the darkest moment, we have an opportunity to see the face of Jesus in our life, to to yeah. recognize his presence, uh, that he's not distant, he's not far away, even when nothing is happening, even when uh, our desires are not met, our prayers are not answered, uh, our loved ones are hurting or we're hurting, um, we still have the ability to recognize, see his face, see his love, you know, and I think there is nothing more powerful uh, to develop that steadfast faith. You know, it's not that he shielded Patty from having to go through chemo, uh, you know, for whatever reason, he chose to heal her through medical treatments, not by his divine touch. Is he able? Yes, of course. But I believe he used that. I believe that had it not been for God's hand, on her life, she has to go get tested. You know, now it's every, it used to be every three months and it was six months. And now I think it's every two years. She just got a test back that said clean, everything's good. Man, we rejoice in that. We, we rejoice in that. And I want to capitalize on something that you just said. Sometimes we see the face of God in other people. I'm a, you know me, I'm a relation a relationship, relational person. Sometimes the voice, the heart, the hand of God, we're waiting maybe for something to come out of heaven, but it comes through other people. The kind, kind words, gentle response, encouragement, a, a timely word. The, the Bible, it's in the Psalms or Proverbs, a timely word is like, I think it's petals of gold. These kindness, these moments that we can have influence and speak into somebody's life, it changes everything. It really does. Thank you for bringing this up because, you know, this is so important as we work on our own hope and try to build our own hope that will help us to be steadfast and persevere. So important not to forget that we are the hope to others. I mean, if if you bear the name of Christ, if you profess to be a Christian, you are a billboard for him. You're the advertisement for him. You are representing his second coming, you know, what it will bring to this earth, you are representing on this earth now. And that means being a hope to others. And so even in those most difficult moments, I love the fact that it was Patty who was suffering, but you were somehow suffering more and she ended up being the hope to you. That is just beautiful. And that's what it's all about, being part of the body of Christ. That's why I just, you know, I just want to say again, you know, the Hope Rising Conference is going to be so pivotal to so many people. And if somebody's listening today and they've contemplated or thought about it, this is your confirmation today to just take that step of faith and be a part of that be a part of World Missions Alliance. It's impacted my lives and the lives of our church. And we need one another. We need one another as much, if not more now than we ever have before. 
So I have to um, ask this question, you know, as a Christian leader and a leader in your own community, uh, in your church, and, and God has taken you to the nations to proclaim the gospel, what is your hope? What are you hoping for? Aside from the uh, eternity in the presence of God, um, what, what is your hope? You know, and I said it some somewhere in this in this time that you and I have been together that I have the heart of an evangelist. I love to see people come to Christ. I live for that, but there's been a renewing in my heart just these last few months. My my pastor friend, Pastor Tim Delina from Times Square Church, made a statement and makes it almost weekly, that God has given him a vision to lead one billion people to Jesus. I was watching a little interview yesterday with um, Nick Wojcik, the gentleman that has no arms. No No arms and legs, yeah. yeah. He was doing an interview with uh, another pastor, friend of mine, Pastor Luke Barnett, Dream City Church in Phoenix, Arizona, which he's going to be at a conference that um, I'm going to be going to in just a few weeks as well. And he said, I have a vision to lead a billion souls to Jesus. My, My hope, I don't think I will lead a billion, but I can be a part of that. Amen. My hope is to lead more people to Jesus from my point in my life now to the time I die than I have up to this point in my life. I've had the privilege of leading thousands, whether it's in local church, whether it's mission field, wherever it is, seeing people come to Christ. But I have more passion and more hope in my heart now to do more for the Lord Jesus in these days that we're living in than we've than I've ever seen before. And, you know, um, we started off, we talked about the revival that's happening in, at the Asbury Seminary. The revival should be hinged on people coming to Christ. I believe that we are going to see the move and the power of God in, these, in this day and age that we live in like we never have before. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. So we're going to see that happening. That's my hope. I'm agreeing with you in this hope. And thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. I look forward to seeing you in just about a month and hearing what the Lord gives you, what word the Lord gives you for this conference. Thank you so much, Marty. While Jesus told us that we will have troubles in this world, he also promised to be with us to the very end of the age. And this hope that we have in him keeps us from drowning and being thrown far from his presence in the times of turmoil. This hope keeps us steady and brings us joy in every season. If you want and need a boost 
for your hope, if you desire to draw closer to Jesus, I invite you to visit our website, rfwma.org, and learn more about the Greater Purpose Conference that is coming up at the end of March, March 29th, 30th, and 31st in Branson, Missouri, where you can experience this refreshment in your spirit and perhaps gain a new hope for your future. And if your schedule does not allow you to travel, you can still sign up for the digital conference and enjoy it in the comfort of your home on your computer or your phone. Again, the website is rfwma.org. Check it out. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Helen Todd. Limitless Spirit Podcast is produced by World Missions Alliance. We believe that changed lives change lives. If you want to see your life transformed by Christ's love, or if you want to help those who are hurting and hopeless and discover your greater purpose in serving Christ through short-term missionary work, check out our website, rfwma.org, and find out how to get involved.